Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Brad. Hey, it's James. We decided to start a podcast about subjects that spark conversations between us. We're not professionals and we don't claim to be, but we will look to get some guests on each week who can shed some light on these areas. Ultimately, we wanted to have an open conversation and hear the thoughts of everyone else about these subjects. And hopefully you guys can learn as we do. This is How Little We Know. (laughs) Hello there and welcome back to another episode of How Little We Know. It's Brad here and... James, hello. It's a special today, isn't it, James? It is. I think uh, this one is perhaps the most special episode we've recorded so far. Definitely. it's coming up to Christmas time. It's getting very, very, very cold. And uh, one thing that's kind of close to Brad and I's heart is um, Centerpoint Charity, who primarily focus on helping young people, well, keep, keep off the streets, but then also helping them kind of acquire the, the life skills to, to make sure they're never in that position again. Um, so for this episode, we've got two lovely guests, haven't we? We have indeed. We have the lovely Matt Carlisle on my right. How are you doing, Matt? I'm very good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure. And then we have Emily Bernstein. Is that how you pronounce it? Yes, it is how you pronounce it. (laughs) Hello. Um, So I presume probably the first uh, place that we should start is if, Emily, if you could just tell us kind of what Centrepoint does and how important it is. Okay, so Centrepoint is a charity that helps homeless young people, um, in particular 16 to 25-year-olds. The first thing we do is obviously get young people off the street, so get them safe rescue them and then the next step is um, looking at the long term and getting them into a job and a home of their own but there's a whole process to get them to that point Um, so it's looking at them you know a lot of our young people come to us with mental health problems physical problems Um, they they lack a lot of the skills that that young people take for advantage waking up in the morning I mean I know a lot of young people find that difficult but you know kids have you know I've got kids of my own they've got to get up in the morning and go to school something as simple as that and turning up on somewhere's time they need support all the way through to turn the corner so how long have you been at Centrepoint Emily I've been with Centrepoint for six years um, and Matt has been with Centrepoint for quite a long long lot longer coming up to 14 years wow I think at what point did Centrepoint really start focusing on the rehabilitation of young homelessness was it has it always been a factor from day one yeah i mean actually centerpoint was founded in 1969 by um the reverend ken leach it's an interesting story isn't it yeah, i remember it learning is. about it yeah, so yeah. um and he he had um it started in dean street which is actually where we actually have a base now and he recognized and saw a lot of young people on the streets and took them in at night time oh, yeah. uh, he had a, his a downstairs he had a, a, a room and they came 
slept there, had somewhere warm to sleep. But he saw them coming back and they weren't doing much positive, anything with a positive outcome in the day. And he was worried about that. So he said, if you want to stay with me at night time, you've got to do something positive with your life, whether that be sign on or try and reconcile that relationship with your family mm-hmm. or get back into education. So I think it's always been there. It's always been really important for Centrepoint. Mm. Um, so with our episodes, we like to try and split them into three categories um, and we, we call them chapters. So just for, for those listening at home, we're going to do chapter one is going to be becoming homeless. So trying to identify why it is for some people a very real real kind of scenario to become homeless and then we're going to move on to chapter two which is uh, which is why why is it so hard to, to get out of being homeless once you're there and then finally chapter three it's going to be moving on from homelessness and dealing with life post homelessness how, mm-hmm. how that affects you so if we dive right into chapter one becoming homeless um matt am i right in saying that you were homeless at, at one stage in in your life uh yeah when i was in my late teens i became homeless there was a few problems at home with the family. Uh, I was quite misbehaved. I misbehaved a lot. I wasn't a good teenager. That, that's plain and simply what it was. So in the end, my my dad couldn't take any more, and asked me to leave. Right. And uh, at that point, I thought it was a bit of a game, bit of an adventure. Yeah. Mm. And I ended up. I had a sister in London, so I came to my sister's in London. Right. Due to my behaviour. Uh, that didn't last very long. I spent probably two months in her house before they asked me to leave and then I ended up on the streets. Mm. And I went through all the issues that's exactly the same as the young people I deal with now. So trying to find somewhere to live, no friends, no support network, no money, and it fastly became uh, nothing like a game. Yeah, mm. it was a nightmare. And then 18 months later, after spending time on the streets, sofa surfing, living in squats, I got myself by chance into a service like one that I run now for Centre Point, right. and it changed my life. And three and a half years later, I left. I had somewhere to go. I'd got over. I didn't get over my issues, but they helped me learn how to deal with them and move on. Yeah. Yeah, and it started my life. And then I went back, came back as a volunteer in the service. Then ended up getting part-time work as a worker, as a support worker. Then it's gone from there, and I've been in homelessness ever since. Right. If we were saying earlier how when kids at a very young age can almost see running away from home as quite a glamorous prospect and it almost gets glamorised in like books and you see kids run away from home in books and it's like, it seems like a very easy thing and it doesn't have many downsides to it. And you were saying how it was a very quick spiral from leaving home. Was it Manchester you were living yeah. with your dad? Yeah. Um, and then to London and then it felt like within two months you're out on the streets and the realisation hits you. Yeah. And it was, that was back in the 80s, so I think even then, there was more services, maybe more money being pumped into homelessness issue for young people. So there was quite a lot of access mm-hmm. for me to get support. Uh, the big thing then was to put people in bed and breakfast. So I ended up in a bed and breakfast for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. But that was quite hard because it's isolating, yeah. you've got no friends, yeah. you don't even know the people who own the house, you don't know the other people in the house. I met some quite dangerous characters along the way. So that there was help, and it was really, really difficult. And like, I think mentally, it's it's massively difficult because becoming homeless affects your mental health, your self-esteem, and your confidence. Mm-hmm. And once they go, it's a really, really hard drag to get yourself back where you need to be. Yeah. Yeah. I've always said like, if you could go to a shop and buy self-esteem and confidence, mm-hmm. my my world would be so much easier. <laughs> but you just can't. Yeah. You've got to put in time, 
effort and support to get that back. And at that age as well, you know, 16 to 25, that's such an impressionable age, you know, like Brad and I were at school during that time. And I think from then, 16 to now, we've learned so much because, Mm -hmm. you know, the experiences that we've had, but, you know, if people are becoming homeless at age 16, it's, it's de- it can be detrimental for yeah. the rest of your life, can't it, in one way or another. And I think what's what's um, what's imperative, for what I've taken from you, Matt, is how easy it is or can be from being, you know, in, in a family unit at home to, you know, a few months later you are on the street. I think a lot of people uh, kind of don't think about that. They don't think, oh, I, I could never be homeless, but, you know, that's never going to happen to me. But the reality is it is it can quite quickly happen, can't it? Um, Definitely. In a breakdown in, in a relationship. I, I work with young people from all walks of life, uh, affluent backgrounds, mm. working class <clears throat> backgrounds, and many issues lead to their homelessness. It might be a problem in the family. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could be at risk from somebody in the family. Yeah, yeah. There could be abuse. Uh, parents having issues that they can't deal with yeah. or mm-hmm. they can't help them. They can't look after their own children. There's many issues out, out of the blue you can become homelessness. Yeah. Like It's funny, I, was, I won't mention the full story today, but I was talking to Emily yeah. about a young girl who basically all she did was fall in love. Right, six okay. months later, she was homeless, and it was all because of the love. Yeah. yeah? Right, okay. Uh, yeah. I can't tell the full story no, because no, no. it's a bit no, sensitive but... for the person involved, but yeah. from the left field, she yeah. Yeah. met yeah. the person of her dreams, mm-hmm. and it didn't turn out that way yeah. six months later. Well, it's yeah. very easy it's a to... It's dire situation, so mm. it's, honestly, it's so, so much easier than you think. Yeah, and it's very easy for people, like we were saying earlier, James, it's very easy for people to disassociate themselves yeah. with homeless people and like feel that it's very much a completely separate world and then when you walk past someone on the street, you think, oh, it, it, it could never happen to me sort of thing, but like you say, it's so there's so many factors that... It, it, that could happen to a very normal person. Everyone falls in love at some point, so definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And also, we were saying before we started recording that being homeless is not just the people that you see on the streets. You know, as you were saying, like you can be sixteen and and have relationships, and then it can lead to that. And it's not, and it's not literally being on the street. It can be kind of sofa surfing or or whatever else. It's just some. It's I, I presume it's it's someone that doesn't have a continuous place to stay, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I said you could be sitting beside someone at school that you think looks completely normal. Mm. They could have no clean clothes. They don't know where they're going to sleep that night. They have no food in their stomach. They've got no money. But, they're, you know, to you, they look like they're keeping it together. Mm. But mm. to have that family breakdown, who knows? Your father's left. Your mum's got a new partner. You don't get on with him. There's abuse going on. And each night you're you're you know you're asking for favors, a friend or a, mm. a relative, yeah. and it's you know, unbearable because it's hard enough being a young person as it is, mm. but to have all those issues, I mean I, I can't imagine it. Mm. Yeah, it's the typically patterns that you see in like kind of breakdowns of whether there'll be an initial factor and like a, a catalyst for someone to maybe leave home, and then is the patterns where people go from just starting out with staying from friends and then it goes on to sofa surfing and then is there mm. is the distinctive patterns that you can notice well, I mean you I mean they, they, I would think yes you are I think there right. is there is uh, specific patterns definitely and it's usually there's a catalyst behind it one main event yeah. that has led to the homelessness yeah so it could be trauma yeah. abuse uh, relationship breakdown uh, someone dies mm. it, it could be a, it's generally there's there's a big trauma yeah. behind what's happening that then it starts this snowball yeah mm-hmm. so they end up homeless they end initially a lot of them end up staying with friends mm-hmm. but it's really quick to outstay a welcome of yeah. your best friend yeah? yeah when you've lived with them for six weeks and <laughs> the mum's saying when's your mate going home yeah, yeah. Do, do you get what i mean yeah, yeah. then 
their options are meeting strangers, going home with strangers. I've known many people that have gone home with people they should never, ever have gone home with. But the choice was sleep on a bus or go home with this person that I don't really know. It's it's a gamble, yeah? Yeah. And then it snowballs. And we're talking about other, you know, young people are taking desperate measures to stay off the street. Mm. So committing a minor offence to actually be in a police cell is, I suppose, safer than being on the streets to them or self-harming so they get a hospital bed for a night. I mean, it's just awful mm, yeah. to think about what these young people are having to do to to be, you know, safe and inverted commas, but it's not safe. Mm. Uh, one of my favourite books we were saying before is uh, Street Cat Named Bob, and I think that if you, if those who are um, listening at home, there's you can buy the book in two different versions, uh, and there's like a, a child-friendly version for for those younger listeners. And I think if I'd recommend it um, because this guy J- James Bowen. Um, came over from Australia to be a musician, so for, for Brad and I, it's very, very relatable. Um, came from wealthy family in Australia, moved over to, to London to follow like his musical career, and for him, he quickly realised that it was really difficult. So he was sofa surfing at his, at his friends' houses, and then, you know, as Matt was saying, he quickly outstayed his welcome, and before he knew it, he was he was on the streets. Um, and I think it's really interesting to 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 really highlight how how it can happen, you know. There was no lack of money in his situation. He was just... I think partially embarrassed, sadly, to, to reach back out to his mum um, for, for help. Yeah, and Matt was saying earlier, a lot of the young people who are running away from home, and it sounds like James Bowen is the similar, there's a sense of pride amongst them yeah. young people, and you, a lot of the young people who are homeless you don't see on the street there. Where would you see them usually? In side streets or in back alleys? or Yeah, definitely. I think with the age group we deal with, there's a massive amount of hidden homeless so they're oh. sofa surfing with somebody if they were going to sleep rough it's very rare that they'll probably sleep on a high street yeah, yeah. because it's embarrassing it's, it's dangerous so, well. yeah definitely so they took themselves away right. i know people that have lived in tents uh slept on buses night after night after night after night yeah, yeah it's just yeah it, it hides away it, it's not really visible for 16 to 25s, I don't think as much as you know, it makes you think there isn't that much of it, but there there is. But what we see on the streets is just the tip of the iceberg. Oh, definitely. You know, it's it's that little that little bit. If you are enjoying the podcast so far, feel free to tweet us in at How Little We Know. And also, if you need to get in contact with the Centre Point Helpline, the number is zero eight zero eight. 800-0661. That was zero eight zero eight eight zero 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 six six one. So we've chatted a little bit about uh, you know how people become homeless. I think it'd be nice to kind of transition into talking about why it's so hard to get out of, of being mm-hmm. homeless. Um, and one of the biggest things that that I've kind of been been looking at is I think there's a, a big key a positive correlation between homelessness and mental health. Um, so so Emily, what? What do you think the biggest kind of hurdle is to, to climb to, to get out of being homeless for, for people? That well, are I think until you address the issues that made you homeless, and I suppose those issues then spiral into other issues. So if you have family breakdown or there's abuse going on at home, that's going to cause mental health problems. Mm-hmm. So until you've sorted out those problems and understand why you feel like that, you're never going to be able to get into education. You're not going to be able to get a job. So I think addressing those issues at the start is, is essential and that's something we really focus on at, at Centrepoint. Would you agree, Matt? Yeah, definitely. And I think over the last six years, youth homelessness <coughs> has doubled. And wow, yeah. I think with, say, austerity, uh, 
not to say anything against the government. The government's got very little money money to do the things that mm. we do, but always services that are vital to certain people are affected by lacks of money. Right. Yeah. So whereas maybe seven or eight years ago, benefits were easier to claim, it was easier to put money in your pocket, it's totally changed, it's a lot harder now. Access to, say, like I said, uh, say you wanted to stay in a bed and breakfast, yeah. well, that's basically illegal now for a certain age group. So you can't even take that option, even though it's seen as, it might be seen as being safer on the streets. Well, it really isn't, because you might meet someone you don't want to meet in a bed and breakfast. Yeah. So it's took that housing out of it. And you, you know, you've heard all the stories about lack of housing. Yeah. There's not enough services for young people and bed spaces for the amount of young people there is homeless. Mm. That, that's the basic yeah. facts of it. And I think another point is that when a lot of young people come to us and they have no belief in themselves, no self-worth, mm. they think they're worthless. Right. And so until you actually believe that, oh, actually, I, I'm quite good at things, I can do something, until you believe that, you can't move on. So I think when they come to Centrepoint, I know that it's, they say often the young people I've spoken to, it's the first time that someone's actually said, yes, you can do that. You can you can get a traineeship. You can get good grades. You can get an MVQ. You can pass your GCSEs, and that's the first step to to recovery. Saying to someone, you know, I believe in you. Especially at that age as well. I think where you were saying earlier, like sixteen is an age of someone who's so impressionable, and if they fall into a cycle until until they get past twenty five, when they get past that and they've been in that cycle for eight years uh, or however long it's been. It feels like there's kind of all hopes lost for them. Where, but if you're getting in early at that kind of stage of intervention, you can kind of hopefully turn their life around yeah. early on, which is amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that um, obviously, if you become homeless at, at 16, uh, obviously, you know, your education can have a massive knock. And I think one thing that really drew me to Centrepoint is what you do with trying to help people acquire qualifications. So you have a a facility don't you in Dean Street for for like the catering industry and you were mentioning before that you want to get people into like labor so do you want to just maybe let the audience know kind of how you help people say 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 a 16 year old boy comes in to, to center point with with no no GCSEs how, how do you guys kind of not rehabilitate but help in that in that way I think the, the great way about the way we work is that basically the first thing is get them in a service get them safe get them stable mm -hmm. Then I've got a whole raft of people around me that I can call in to tackle uh, some of the issues they're coming up with, yeah? So uh, we have a skills and employability team. Right. So straight away, all young people have a learning assessment where someone comes in, sits down with them, asks them about what did you do at school? Have you got any GCSEs? What's your plans for the future? And gets this background picture and then says, well, right, let's build on, on what we've got. Yeah. Even if it begins at, you know, I deal with people who can't read, can't write, very little mm. uh, literacy and numeracy. Start at that level, learn them the basics. Or if you're a bit better, then, you know, I've got, I've had, I have many young people end up going to university. That's how smart mm. they are. Yeah. And that's all down to the skills and employability team. So it's easy for me. I just refer it to someone who's mm. an expert in that field. And it's a game with the health. We have a health team. So built into the health team are psychotherapists, dual diagnosis workers, which basically deal with drugs and mental health at the same time, right. counselors, <clears throat> so a uh, dietitian. So we look at them as a complete package and then say, yeah, let's put a foundation in because they're, it's difficult out there in the real world, right? Mm -hmm. So we, if they ain't strong and we don't deal with all these issues, they're never ever gonna be able to sustain what we're asking them to do at the end, yeah. the home and a job. Yeah. So we've got to build that in, and that's one of the great things that Centrepoint does. 
early on. So mm. workers come into their home in the service, they don't even have to go anywhere most of the time. Mm. In the beginning, when you're dealing with confidence, self-esteem, mm. they come in and, and work with them where they live. And what we found, you know, Matt said, a lot of young people come to us and they actually can't read, write properly, basic math skills. But there's no point in sending them to school because that hasn't worked. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got incredible teachers that will sit with them one-on-one and train them and explain them and get them qualified. And it's just incredible to see the improvement that can be made. Once you can actually read properly and write, well, you can't write a CV until you, mm, you've got yeah, those skills, course, yeah. can you? So. And they all get a dedicated support worker. Right. So in, in every service, there's a certain amount of support workers who are there in my services 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. And they'll help them with any issue they've got. You name it, we'll have a go at cracking it. So, you know, when you've got someone built in like that, for me, that's what it's about. Yeah. When I was homeless, what I learned at Centrepoint was build a support network. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine all the people that support you and you. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Vital to what you do. Yeah? Yeah. So what yeah, we try 100%. and do is say, right, well, you might start off with no network. But now we'll we're going to build this. Builder. Amazing. Yeah. It feels like we're moving on to... Yeah. So chapter three... Oh, uh, no, no, no. It's, good. it's a lovely, <laughs> good transition. nice transition yeah, there, man. Um, but yeah, chapter three is uh, how you can move on from homelessness and how there's, uh, you can get into the right channels and the right networks like yourself. Uh, and we were speaking about your helpline that you mentioned that you set up last year, was it? Yeah, we were really lucky. We um, we were the Evening Standards. Am I allowed to mention the yeah, Evening Standards? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were their chosen charity. It was an amazing campaign, and they raised over £3 million to Centrepoint, but part of the money is specifically funded um, the Centrepoint Helpline. Should I give the, should I give the yeah, number? Yeah, go for it, yeah. So the number is 0808 800 um, It's the first helpline for homeless young people and it's very specific to the area where a young person's going to call up because a lot of young people don't know what their rights are mm. so they may they're homeless or they haven't got a regular place to live but they don't think they've got any rights but actually if they call this number they will advise them and say actually this is what you need go to your local authorities um, you need to take this along with you and this is the help you will be able to get because I think youth homelessness has really has been a real increase I know Matt mentioned that it's doubled actually youth homelessness in um, in London, the number of people sleeping rough. But actually, when I started working with Centrepoint about seven years ago, the figure was about 80,000 young people were experiencing homelessness every year. But there was a big study that was undertook last year and it's actually near 150,000 young people mm-hmm. that are presenting to local authorities with who are at risk of homelessness. So, um, the and help it's interesting, sorry uh, to put in there, but if you go to a local authority as well and don't say the right things about yeah. your situation, they can turn you away. Well, this is it's so easy to not say the right that, thing, isn't it? Because yeah. if you're slightly, not embarrassed, but you know, you don't want to maybe yeah. be that open and, yeah. then, and then you're not on that statistic chart. And exactly. Yeah. It it's not that the local authority is being mean or in any way, no. shape no. or form, but they work on what the what, issues are and where what, we can put you. They, yeah. So yeah. The, the Centrepoint Helpline equips young people to say, yeah. right, well, if you're going to present to a local authority, this is exactly what you need to do. These are the documents that you need. And they give them the best chance of, of finding a solution to their problem. I find it um, terrifying that, that there's that many homeless people on the streets in this day and age, it's and really actually scary. especially how it's actually got worse, Emily, since you said from the 80s. You just presume that these things con- continuously get better. But I think it's it's so important to, to say to people listening that this is a, a real issue that, I mean, and we need more people like, like you guys at mm-hmm. Centrepoint that help him because if the statistic is 
you know get getting worse then we all obviously need to come together and do something yeah. especially i think i think the reason that we wanted to do it around christmas time is because it's very easy to disassociate as we were saying but you know christmas time is a time of, of family and, and you know and like yeah. food and warmth and stuff and like i think it's just it's such an important time now especially how i mean homelessness is something that affects, you know 12 months of the year but it's so cold at the moment and um and i i'd, I'd kind of urge the listeners to think you know like you're in a lot of you guys will be in this age bracket the people that are homeless at christmas and it's like can you i, I couldn't put myself in that position like it'd be it, but it's so easy to be put in that position yeah. it's like it's it's so hard to, to think about but i think you know i think you you guys doing this is incredible because your listeners are the perfect audience that we want to engage with and mm-hmm. and even by you talking about this they can do little, little things i mean yeah. they could i suppose raise money at their school mm. or they could even find out where their local hostel is and and take some food down there you know there's yeah. so many things you yeah. can do to be active rather than sitting back and 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 just i suppose disassociating yourself yeah. from mm. from what's going on so i think there's well, always you can always start there's um there was um a charity i got involved with in Birmingham, back at home, uh, and they put on an event called the Big Sleep, which obviously you guys we do, know about. we do, and we do sleep out every year. Yeah, and I think something like that. I think when people are looking to get involved with charities, it can feel a bit like I was speaking to someone yesterday about it, and people don't necessarily want to do things that are massively. I don't know whether it's out of fear of it, but like engaging and things that feel like active genuinely so the big sleep you go out and you stay overnight and you've got to build a home out of cardboard boxes mm. so you take a cardboard box and you build home and it's a very communal thing but it, it 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 very much puts you in the position and you can relate to it a bit more and it urges you to do more once you've you've, once you've experienced that, that. You've experienced mm. it yeah and i yeah, think i'd true. urge people to go out and do that as well because it it just after that for me it made me so much more aware and so much more empathetic well, you're so right position. and actually what so we have our, our big sleep out every year but what we're encouraging people like the listener to, uh, at school to do is actually have sleep outs in their their own school yeah. so actually they go on our website or we can set you can see you can yeah. click on sleep out you can actually find out all the information you need to have a sleep out in your own school and it's a great way to start having a bit of an idea of what it of what it's like mm-hmm. you know you can find a, a courtyard outside that you will sleep out at night time and um in your sleeping bags and listen we're never going to say it's what it's like what it it's no. it, it doesn't replicate homelessness of no. course not it gives it, you a glimpse it gives yeah. you an, it makes yeah. you aware i mean i've done sleep out six years in a row mm. and i you know i go to sleep out i've got i'm clean i've just had a shower mm. i've like brushed my teeth I've you know I've, I've, I've got clean clothes on um and just to lie down all night on the pavement it's really uncomfortable mm-hmm. you know my bones start aching and yeah. then you wake up in the morning I can't sleep and then I and I remember getting on the tube and I, I felt like people were looking at me because yeah. you know I probably smelt a bit and um you know I had my my I was holding my sleeping bag and so I think I'd really yeah. encourage yeah people yeah. to do and sleep think, outs um th- that that's just made me think you know we one we're speaking before one of the biggest kind of things i'd love to to encourage is it's about viewing people as human as a collective group of people it's not about oh they're they're homeless but i'm i'm this you know that we need to break down that wall of separation and recognize that people are all the same yeah we've 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 spoken about how easy it is to become homeless and it's uh it's it's about embracing it you know like not building walls like bridges between you know i mean it's not even them and us is it we're the same with the same thing um So I think think things like you know like the sleep out's really important. I know that Brad and I 
a part of the the campaign next month so depending upon when you're listening january 2018 mm. there's the big broth which is all about showing how easy it is to to make soup from home and there's yeah. a there's a competition to find the best homemade soup uh, so you can get on board with that at home if you I, in fact if you send in your pictures of your homemade soup we'll uh we'll Oh, we'll that's retweet them. Yeah, yeah, them. That's amazing. That. Yeah, get pe- yeah, we're really good to get young people, like your audience, cooking, making soup. Mm. I bet you've got a favourite recipe. And well, if we, you we, had a go and one, we were very, pumpkin. very nervous about ours, but I'll be honest, it was it was lovely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, did you put the chilli in it? Uh, no, I added, we threw in a bit of carrot for the okay. vitamin C. But I yeah. think that the good thing about what, what we learned there is it's so easy primarily yeah. to make yeah. soup. But it's healthy as well. And I think, you know, before you know it, you've, you've got like five of your five a day all in there. And it's yeah. warm and it's just, it's something that it, it's so simple and straightforward. Um, and I, yeah, I think we should encourage listeners to get on board with it. Yeah, we'd love it. I mean, what, so the, we're launching the Big Broth um, next year and we're launch, launching it with a competition. So if you're a budding cook and also if you want to get the vamps to retweet you, <laughs> <laughs> um, then you can enter your recipe and the winner's going to have their recipe made by a company called Yorkshire Provender mm. and Stockton Waitrose and Ocado. So it's, you know, it's really it's awesome. exciting. Yeah, it's really, awesome. Really good, it? um, and as you said, soup is especially in January, soup is cheap, it's healthy. Mm. You can make, I mean, you know, the carrot, the pumpkin soup you made, a couple of pumpkins, some very celery. Easy. It's very it, easy, co- yeah. it can make soup for a few pounds and mm. it can last a week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're very excited about it. Can I just mention as well that the campaign we're running at Christmas? Of course, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's called Safe Christmas. If you go to the Centrepoint website and uh, add Safe Christmas, uh, you'll come up with this campaign and it's just about raising money for people specifically around the Christmas time okay, yeah. because uh, let me tell you a little bit about what I'm this week what I've done this week yeah, so I've yeah, got yeah. 60 young people Christmas is coming up so I, I want to make their Christmas as good as possible yeah. as normal as possible yeah. so uh, I need funds to do that mm, yeah. so I've, uh, I've planned Christmas dinner a full Christmas dinner afters uh, presents mm. I've got uh, one of our corporate sponsors coming in ASOS amazing oh, cool. yeah brilliant ASOS thanks for everything yeah, they do yeah, yeah. they're coming in to put all the decorations up Wicked. Uh, yeah around the uh, on Monday I think mm-hmm. and then on the 18th I've got Deliveroo who are coming to oh, do a festive great. feast yeah. so all these people and you uh, letting us talk about this all feed into this picture and help these young people get over these issues mm. yeah definitely and that's the community that you're talking about that you need yeah. to do yeah because we can all help you think Everyone we can't can yeah we all yeah, can yeah, 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 yeah definitely yeah, yeah. And, I, and you said you know when you just when you do walk past the homeless people everyone's like oh what should i do i don't know what to do and i think the advice is not necessarily to give money but i know i was with i was out with my dad and we walked past someone and he just said he took he said to the guy are you hungry do you want something hot to drink and we just took him into the local coffee shop and just said choose whatever you want and just to treat someone with with that respect and yeah. and just human kindness. Yeah. yeah, and actually one of our um one of our security guy and I think he said what he does is he just asks people what their name is as well because mm. I think it's adding the name to the face, isn't it? Being personal, personable with 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 uh, with homeless people. It's so important to to make sure that you're acknowledging them as a person and not just a you know like a sleeping bag or a statistic. It's um. It's really important, but um, but I'd li- like to say a massive thank you, uh, Emily and Matt, for coming on. I think we've covered some some really really good areas, and um, I hope that people at home are acknowledging kind of how how important it is uh, to get on board with with charities like Centerpoint. They do so much good stuff, um, and it's really important to remember that the people that we're helping are 
are people that could literally be you in in a few years so um i'd really urge people to go on the center point website get involved with the campaigns at christmas time the one that matt said also the big broth in january um and thank thanks so much for coming thank on you. guys thanks no, it's been a privilege thank, thank you very much thank you no and you've made a very old man a little bit cooler <laughs> <laughs> thanks very much guys Cheers. thank you cool. <laughs> Thank you again for listening in. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope you've learned something and we hope you can take the information that you've learned and go about your, your day and hopefully help someone. If you feel like you want to get involved with Centrepoint, make sure you go over to their website, which is centrepoint.org.uk forward slash safe Christmas for that Christmas campaign that Matt was speaking about earlier. Um, on social media as well, Twitter and Instagram, it's at Centrepoint UK. Uh, also, please make sure that you... You drop them a follow, tweet them. If you tweet us at How Little We Know, we'll retweet some of your suit pictures if you send them in. Um, but also, please just let us know uh, how, how you feel about this episode. We'd love to kind of open up this dialogue about connecting us with, with homeless people. And um, and yeah, we're looking forward to doing some more of these. So we'll see you soon. Peace. That's it. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.